following message is by a guest speaker of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. You know, I, I tell my church all the time, uh, you cannot pray more than you know the Bible. And I really think that you cannot know the Bible more than you pray. And, you know, the way I think about it is you know, prayer, biblical prayer, and, and uh, Scripture is like the two wings of a plane. And as we really spend time in prayer and seeking God through the gift of prayer, which Jesus demonstrated so many times throughout the Gospel, uh, we could really fly. And as we study the Scripture and let correct theology, correct understanding of the Bible be the foundation of our lives, it becomes a plane and you can really fly uh, in the presence of God. Amen? But as you can imagine, uh, if one of those wings are gone, then you can't fly. You just kind of do a you know, circle, right? And you, know, uh, and you don't really take off. If the other one is gone, you do the same thing. And you know, sometimes people pray and it's, uh, I don't think really anything's wrong, but sometimes people pray and like, it's just really an emotional stirring in their heart. You know, you don't even know what they're praying for. It almost feels like they're trying to get to a place of just emotion, you know. And, you know, at the same time, there's other people that seem to study the scripture as if it's just an intellectual, theological book, and maybe they study a script, you know, biblically, but it's as if the smarter you are, you know, the better you are. And I feel like if you understand the scripture, uh, you realize is you really need both. You can't understand the scripture and how to apply it into your life unless you're reading it in prayer and it's illuminated by the Holy Spirit. And the more in your prayer there is scripture and more there's words of God in, in the midst of prayer, and a lot of times I love to pray just through, uh, pray through the scripture, uh, I think that's the only way we can really you know, lift off. And, and I, when I think about you know, ICC here, I, I know uh, where you know, uh, Pastor Steve is, I really feel like, you know, that's going to be happening. Uh, you know, definitely, if I, you know, compare in a healthy way uh, between me and Steve, uh, man, he is smart, all right? Uh, I am not, not like that. I, I'm very interesting smart. <laughs> My smart is like, you think I'm not smart, but I'm smarter than you think. <laughs> okay. My wife always says, why do you do that? I go, I don't know, I just like catching people off guard, you know? Uh, and uh, it, it seems like, you know, you may think that I'm more, you know, I don't know if you even sense that more into prayer and spiritual thing, but man, if you get to know Steve, uh, the man is spiritual, right? Uh, he, he doesn't like talk about it as much. It doesn't always come out like all the time, but every once in a while he'll tell me a vision or a dream that he had or uh, like a sensing, and it's like, I try not to like act like it's a wild thing because I'm supposed to be better at it. <laughs> But sometimes I'm like, whoa, okay, whoa. And then later on I go, whoa, i got to write that down. <laughs> uh, and uh, I feel like, you know, I, I know that God's really going to be working that, this way. And I, I think it's biblical. You know, I think there should be great theology uh, with incredible spiritual uh, prayer life. And, you know, I really hope, I mean... I'm really stereotyping. I really hope those of us uh, who God has released gifts of you know, prayer and intercessing uh, are really in the Scripture, studying it and understanding it correctly. Now, those of us who are definitely into thinking and processing that you will be open 
to, you know, really experiencing God in the midst of prayer. And when those things, you know, you think it's easy, but, you know, most of the time when I look into churches, it's actually very skewed. Like some churches are amazing at this, you know, scripture and, you know, the foundation. But when you really look into their prayer life of the church, it, it's really small. And other churches are just going at it, Holy Spirit, and everything is moving incredibly. And then when you see how they're interpreting Scripture, you're like, you know what, I, I understand a little bit of what you're saying, but you're jumping off way without the foundation. And I, I really pray, it's a struggle, I think, that you know, ICC will really fly right, uh, on this plane that has Scripture and prayer growing. Amen? All right. With that said, I think the greatest blessing for me of prayer uh, is not uh, what you get from God or what you experience, you know, uh, in a manifestation. And those things are awesome uh, when you manifest, when there's great things. You know, every once in a while at our church, we'll kind of ask people to come to be physically healed, you know, uh, and, you know, we'll have like lines of guys come in and, you know, knee problem, headaches, uh, you know, other, you know, back problems and things like that. And I just, you know, I'm pretty clear in what I say. I say, you know, um, for some reason, that area of healing, I'm not really anointed. Like, I, you know, I pray for, I mean, I will pray for you if you're sick. I, if you have a broken arm, I will pray for you. Uh, you know, I will pray for you if you're balding, you know. Uh, why not? You know, just, I, I'll pray for you. Ask me to pray, I'll pray for you. But for some, like, track record, and, you know, I've asked God to release that anointing. It, it hasn't really come that strongly of healing in my life. In fact, you might get scared of this, but sometimes when I pray for a person, they get sicker. <laughs> oh, Lord! You know, but it was weird. Uh, you know, the person got sicker and actually got completely healed like, you know, a day later uh, before they took the final. Like, they got really sick and then they got healed. So I'm like, okay, I got delayed healing power? I don't know. I'm kind of goofing. I don't have a power, but you know, but you know, so actually, uh, we had one, and uh, you know, it was, I was surprised that I actually prayed for a guy with a back problem, and when I prayed for him, uh, he felt healing. And you know, I told him to write back to me. You know, it, it was just not me, but other guys in our church. And what happened was, uh, this guy didn't write back because he's one of the thinker in my church, and there he's like, okay, maybe it was psychological, maybe it was placebo effect. So he said after he felt healed, because it was bothering him for a month, the lower back problem, and then it was gone, he started like trying to make sure that it was healed. So he was like trying to damage it, <laughs> you know, lift heavy stuff, you know, do like exercise. And after like two weeks of like trying to hurt it again, he goes, he sent me an email, go, Pastor Young, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I was healed, you know, as we're, you know, as we were praying. And I'm like, wow, why didn't you tell me that like, you know, a week ago? This is already like two weeks past. He goes, I just wanted to make sure. So I was trying to hurt myself again, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Oh, okay. This why I'm talking about this because those things are great. You know, uh, and, you know, definitely at our church, we try to pro practice some of those and, you know, other things. Uh, but I think the greatest gift of prayer is not the manifestation or, you know, receiving of answers, which I'm going to talk about, but the greatest gift of prayer is you encounter Jesus. All right? You receive Him. And, you know, I, 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 you know, God wants us to, you know, uh, ask and knock and seek. And, you know, I have, you know, my parents and I'm praying for my kids, my church, this nation. And it's all great. But, you know, when you encounter him, like those things become very small, you know, because 
when, when you pray, I think really the gift, the power of prayer is that it brings you into the throne room of the Father, you know. And when you're in the throne room of the Father, you know, uh, all the other things that you thought you needed is secondary and you really are just kind of engulfed in the presence of God. And I hope that's where you seek uh, in your life. But in this passage, uh, we see that God says, hey, you know what? Do not be anxious about anything, but, but in every, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. So he does say you have to ask with thanksgiving, present your request to God, all right? I don't know about you, but in this particular text, it says that uh, the peace of God with which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And, you know, we know from here, as well as other passages, our God is a generous God, and we're supposed to ask. This passage I love in my early Christian life because of what it says from the beginning. It says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know what kind of personality you are, but, you know, I was a, a real worrier when I was, a, you know, uh, a child. I worried all the time. And I actually got a lot of things done, and, you know, it's a, it's a terrible way of living, but I actually got a lot of things done and actually covered and made less mistake when I wasn't a Christian by worrying. You know, I would worry about 10 things that could go wrong, and usually out of the 10 things that can go wrong, I, I figured out which one was really going wrong, you know. And I was one of these kids that, you know, you're driving, uh, you know, your car with your parents going to church or something, and I would hear this clinking noise or something in the car, and then my mind would, like, start imagining what, what that noise was, you know. The wheel's going to fall off, or, you know, the axle, or, like, something's wrong in the engine. And, and I, like, literally, I would, like, think about all these things that would go wrong uh, and start worrying about it and sometimes get really anxious. I had insomnia when I was a kid because uh, I would worry at night. I don't know if you're one of these people. I, I would just stay up all night. And once I worry, when I, I don't know if it ever happened to you, once I lock into a worry, like, I just, like, just lock in and think of a lot of stuff. And the next thing you know, like, I'm just thinking, 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 thinking. And, and uh, you, you guys are looking at me like, you have a lot of problems. Yes, I do. <laughs> all right? And I just go crazy. And some of it was my parents did not have a stable marriage. And, you know, many times at night they would fight. And, you know, we lived in these apartments where you can almost hear it. And, you know, I was a crazy kid that I actually had like a, uh, a cup that I would put on the, you know, uh, on the walls. And, you know, I don't know what they, you can't hear everything, but I would hear them. And when they mentioned my name somewhere in the fight, like, young, I'm like, and I, I worry that they would get a divorce. I worry that there's so much stuff. In fact, what happened to me, because I worry so much I couldn't go to sleep, I had to, uh, you know, ever since little, I, I really, I just struggled sleeping because I worry at that time. And I would actually have to tell my, my brothers and sister who, you know, when we first immigrated, we all slept in the same bedroom, right? Uh, I'd be like, hey, uh, can I tell you a story? And they're like, what? And I, I would just start telling them a story. I would just like make it up right there. And I'd be like, okay, you want to hear about the dragonfly that, you know, flew into the sun or the rabbit that, you know, uh, beat the, you know, uh, uh, the, the, that's a regular story, all right, Tori. <laughs> you know, the rabbit that beat the eagle, you know, or something like that, you know, and they would, like, they would pick one, and I would just start making it up. I'd like start like the theme and, and go on, and what would happen is I'd just talk, and I'd have to talk to stop thinking. All right, I'd just talk, and I'd make up this, because you, know, you have to like, make the story right up, so I'm talking, so I'm not thinking about my mom's dad's marriage. I'm not thinking about our struggle as an immigrant family. I'm not thinking about, you know, I remember I was a kid and my dad said, you know, you're not supposed to do this. As if mom and I get a divorce, I don't know why he did this. Whose side would you go to? 
And I sit there, I mean, some kids go like, I go to both sides, or like, I go mommy, because I'd be like, I was like worrying, like, well, what do I do, what do I do, okay? I, I, just so many different things in my mind I would just go into and stuff like that. And so I would tell these stories, and my, actually my brother and sister would fall asleep. And then in the middle of being tired of telling, I'd fall asleep. That's, that's not an easy way of living as a little kid, Amen. You know, I mean, I didn't do it all the time, you know, but there were quite significant amount of time. So when this passage says, do not be anxious, do not worry, right? Uh, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God. It like lit a fire. I mean, what? You mean you could actually take the worries and really go to God? In fact, in my life, worries and stress and just struggles, you know what that is to me? A bell that says, it's time to pray. And boy, I don't know about you, but that bell rings a lot. <laughs> right? It's like, ding, 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 pray for your daughter. And ding, 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 this, you know, son. And that, that marriage, that thing. And, and so it's anytime I find myself anxious, I find that it's just God saying, you know, it's time for you to pray. It's time for you to cast your cares on me. It's time for you to seek me. It's time for you to come before me. So, you know, when it, whenever I feel anxiety, it's like, I'm like, I got to figure out a time to pray. I got to spend time in prayer. But you know what's really interesting? When I first started to pray, and I met God. I mean, prayer to me, that's why, you know, some people say I pray a lot, but I pray a lot because I used to worry a lot. And that was the only thing that lifted my worry. So as much as I worried, I would pray. That's a lot of praying, okay? But when I was young, when I, and it took me a while, when I was young, I started praying, and you know what I started doing with God? I started worrying in prayer. You ever do that? You're praying, but all you're doing is worrying. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, it's not like you're just worrying in, like, like you used to worry outside of God. Now you worry in God. You know, you're like, oh, and it's, it's, it's a little bit different because every once in a while you're like, okay, there's God there. But in a way, it's like a spiritualized worry. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. You ever worry? It's like, it's not really praying. You're just actually just kind of worrying in front of God before. Anyway, so I would worry in front of God. And, you know, it took me a long time actually some some years to actually let the worries go and just meet God all right you know I I, I ask people to do something like this all the time uh, so I don't know if you I'm like can you take your uh, thumb and close your left eye please okay and lift your thumbs up please right? I know some people hate following instructions uh, but, you know, and then close your left eye and stick your thumb right at your, uh, your, uh, your eyeball, right? Like just as close as without poking yourself, right? Just stick it right in really close without poking. Now I'm going to ask you a question, right? Is your thumb bigger than my head? Right? Just, just, is it? No, it's not. But you can't really see my head, right? All right? In fact, if you do this and you go up and look, try to look at a sun, you can barely see the sun. Now bring it, bring it down. And why am I asking you to do that dumb exercise? Because sometimes that's where our prayer is. We take our thumb of worry and we just go, God, I, my, my kids, my parents, Lord, uh, you know, my finances and my back. Well, and then the next thing you know, you're like this and you're like, God, I don't see you. <laughs> you know, all I see is my thumb of worry, you know. I mean, is your thumb bigger than God? No. But sometimes you can just bring that worry to God in a way that suddenly God is small and your worries are bigger. And you know what? The thing that, you know, for me, as I spend time in prayer, I realize, you know what? I need to come to God with my worries, but I need to thank God 
Because He is greater. He is bigger. And you know what's interesting about praying in your worries? Is that as you pray in your worries, you think it's about getting a specific answer. And sometimes it is. Man, there's been times should this church move to this location or that location and, and I, I processed it, prayed about it. It's like, go this way or some kind of conviction. Those are awesome. But actually, like I start, said in the beginning, it's more than getting an answer. It's literally the worry is lifted when you see God. And it's kind of like you realize between who He is and where your thumb is, it's like, this is great. This is so small, right? And sometimes it's not where it's uh, you know, an answer, but it's the presence. And you're like, you know what? I can make it because He is with me. All right? He is with me. And I don't know, maybe for you it's like this. All right? But for me, uh, even now, once in a while, I'll get stuck in a place where I'm sticking my thumb in my eye and I have to stop and I go, you know what? I've got to sing some songs. I've got to lift them up. And I've got to remember who lives in me. Right? Who is Jesus in me? You know? uh, and you know, I hope that you really spend time. Worries will take you to prayer, but worries will meet you with God. Right? But here it says you've know, you got to pray with petitions and, and you know, with thanksgiving because you're going to meet God, but with prayers and petitions. I, I want to talk to you about answered prayer. Right? Because all of us, if truth be told, we want our prayers answered. And I'm talking about meeting God, and this is awesome. You know, but you know, in the end, there's a side of us that's like, I want my prayers answered. You know, I want to meet God, but I want my prayers answered. And the great thing about our Father isn't just, He doesn't go like, well, you know, you came and all you want, you know, is your prayers answered. You're supposed to want me. He doesn't sit there. In fact, He's the one who said in this passage, pray with requests and petitions. You know, I actually feel like this is kind of a, the younger you know, uh, elementary prayer, but I think he says that because he knows our hearts. And I want to tell you, I don't know about you, you might have heard this before, but in my life, every prayer has been answered that I've ever prayed. I don't know if you do this, but I keep a journal, and I write my prayer requests, and I say, Lord God, you know this, and Lord God that, and a lot of times my journal ends with question mark, what are you going to do about this, what are you going to do with question mark, this situation, and when I look at my journal, and I've kept it for like 30 years, I mean, not every day, sometimes off and on, I want to tell you, in my prayer life, every prayer has been answered. And I would tell you, every prayer in your prayer life has been answered if you really went to Him, right? And uh, here, are the, here are the ways that God has answered me. And some of you know this. Uh, we love the first one where, where he says, yes. And you're like, Lord, Lord, I want to marry Annette. That's me. Lord, and she doesn't like me because I abused her when she was in the band. And I was mean to her, you know, because she, you know, I, this band was like, a, like, a, like an army. And now she didn't like me. And I still remember my best friend rolled with her to go to this retreat. And, uh, you know, he was going to check out if she, you know, because she was saying she didn't like me. And I kept telling her, do not use this line. But this is the line I used on my wife. I said, you like me, but you just don't know it. <laughs> she's like, I don't like you. I go, no, you like me, but you don't know it. And she's like, I don't like you. Well, my friend, my best friend, uh, you know, because she was actually in my youth group and she was one of the teachers. And, and they rolled together for two and a half hours. And, you know, they were kind of friends too. And he was talking to her. And then he comes off the car and he says, young man. She don't like you. <laughs> and I really try, but she does not like you. And I look them in the eye and I say, she likes me, man. She just doesn't know it, right? She won't admit it. And he's like, wow, you have faith, but I don't. Uh, you know, anyway, 
So I was praying, you know, and guess what? God answered. She's mine, amen? All right? And if truth be told, she liked me. She just didn't want to admit it, okay? You know, and uh, so, you know, and so, you know, there's prayers, and you pray, and you go, Lord, heal this person. Boom! I remember I was doing a wedding, and it was supposed to rain, and there was an outdoor wedding. I, there's a joke in my, uh, in my church that I'm not really good at healing uh, in the Lord, but, like, somehow the weather stuff, I'm not bad, okay? I, I know. <laughs> Don't call me off for that, all right? But, uh, like, I had this outdoor wedding, and it was supposed to rain, and, and I was praying. I go, Lord, you know, like, this is outside. You know, I, we don't want them to get rained on. And literally what, what was interesting was I'm preaching, and this cloud was coming. Right? And I'm like, oh man. And I, I finished the message. You know, they all walk out. And it was like a wedding, like, you know, outdoor, but they were supposed to come indoor for the, uh, you know, the dining. And right when I finished, whoosh, like, it was like amazing. Even I was like, whoa, this is cool. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Uh, okay, what I'm talking about it is like, sometimes you pray something, it's like a yes. And you're like, yeah. And you feel like, this is good. God's alive. I prayed a healing. It got healed. I prayed for a vision. It came. I prayed for the weather. It came. It's really funny because even this uh, family retreat, it was supposed to rain. And one of my, the moms come. And, uh, you know, uh, she, other people in her neighborhood knew that they were going to retreat. And they're like, oh, it's supposed to rain this weekend, so it must be bad. And they, she says she told them, don't worry. Our pastor prayed. And he's got weather taken care of. She said that to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a little too much, all right? It's like, it's supposed to be tongue and cheek, all right? It's not supposed to be, but guess what? It rained, but we really had a pretty good weather, you know, for the forecast that it was coming. And so, man, when those things happen, you're like, whoa, God's alive. He's saying, yes, this is awesome. Prayer is alive. God is true. And when you write a lot, in fact, I would say if you keep a prayer journal, there's a lot more yeses than you think, you know, Cause, but we don't remember it. In fact, if you really keep a prayer journal, you will generally have more yeses than anything else, but we forget the yeses, because you know what? Once we get a yes, we want the next yes. Once we get a big yes, we want the bigger yes, you know, and if we don't get the biggest yes, then, oh, I don't know where God is. How come he's not answering me? You know, where is he? You know, but there's another answer, right? And we hate this one. And that's a no. You pray? No. No. You can't have that. You're not going to get that. It's a no. You don't know why? It's just a no. But I want to tell you, no's sometimes are the best answers than even the yeses. All right? Do you know, do you think that, it, that Annette was the only woman that I prayed for in my life? All right? Please. All right? Erase this recording. All right? No. There were other girls that I liked. And, you know, I, this one sister, like, I literally went, or, like, you know, she was playing hard. I literally, because I'm very spiritual, I literally went to her neighborhood and drove around seven times <laughs> around her house, right? And prayed, you know, the Jericho prayer, you know, like, Lord, break down her wall, and, you know, oh, break down her wall, and I'm very spiritual. I did it seven days, seven times, and then the seventh day, ah! I'm weird in that way, right? Drove around this neighborhood. I mean, I thought if I walked around, it'd be kind of freaky, right? So I drove around, you know, modern-day version, you know, and it was like, it was like this close that we should have, you know, connected. And then she said, no. 
And you ever have one of these where you're like, like, it should be a yes. Like, it's like, I mean, she's a Christian. She's a, kind of a leader going, and it should be, why, you ever go like, why is it a no? And I've seen so many college guys go into such confusion because they're like, you know what? I prayed, I fasted, I did the Jericho wall, and it became a no. I mean, why is it wrong for my kid to go to the right college, get the right funding, you know, everything go right? Why is that wrong, Lord? Why, why, why? Why is it a no? I thank God he said no to some of those ladies. I cannot imagine not having my wife. You know? If he said yes to someone else, oh man, I would not be where I am. I praise Jesus for no's. Because sometimes, I'm just going to tell you, I was an idiot. Sometimes I was too short-sighted. I think he's ruining my life. I think he's ruining my fun. I think there's something wrong with God. God, why aren't you saying yes to this? This is, and you know what? I'm going to tell you, the more spiritual, more mature you get, you think that you know how God should answer. You think that you could understand God. And yes, there's a side of it, but in the end, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. Yes, we can kind of figure it out as we grow in Christ. But when he says no, many years later, we'll find out that might have been the best blessing more than the yes. All right? This is not easy to swallow, especially in very sensitive issues. Very sensitive issues. But you know, I, I, I was reminded... When my son, uh, I think, I believe it was Isaiah, uh, who, when he was like two or three or some uh, that age, uh, he was kind of really energetic. All my kids were super energetic. They never slept. You know, I remember when we were raising kids with uh, Steve, his kids, we talk about it when we get together on Christmas and stuff. He's like, his kids go to sleep at eight and they wake up at like six. Well, that's like 12 hours, man. What, what is that? You know, my kids, they don't sleep. They're like me, you know? And when they cry, oh, man, they got, like, lungs, like, you know, like, ah! You know, somebody's dying and stuff like that. You know, we try to uh, put my daughter uh, to fall asleep, and they say, you know, you can let them cry for, like, 40 minutes. We let her cry for an hour and a half. And the girl would not quit. And I don't know how she did it. She somehow, you know, flipped over the crib. And we're like, how did this happen? You know, back then we didn't have video monitors. You just heard, dump! We went in there, and she's on the ground. Anyway, with all that said, I'm talking about Isaiah. I don't know why I go into these side things, okay? I remember there was a series of things that happened. What happened was, he's like two or three, uh, and uh, first thing that happened was, uh, you know, my, my son, like, I don't know if your kids, they, you buy them a toy, they like it when they're little, but they really want to play with what you work with, you know? So they want to play with, like, the pots and pans, or and they want to play with, like, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever that you, you're using, you know? Uh, and so what happened was we had guests, and my wife had, you know, uh, cut up some fruit, and without us, uh, her knowing, she had, she's, she had actually left it out. And somehow Isaiah, he used to wake up, and so somehow he came down by himself, uh, and uh, he was like, you know, kind of playing around where we were, you know, gathered with our guests and stuff like that. I, I woke up in the morning, I'm going over there, and then I, I'm like, hey, Isaiah, what are you doing? You can kind of tell, you know, again, I don't know exactly what age he was, but, you know, uh, you can kind of tell that he was doing something wrong. You know, you get that, right? Even from the back, you're like, he's doing something wrong. He's like this. <laughs> and he was doing something, then he freezes. I go, hey, Isaiah. He's like, he did something wrong. You know, I go, 
Isaiah, Isaiah, what are you doing? And then he turns around, and what do I see? Here's a knife. Yeah, yeah, parents, you know. Right? I mean, this is a sharp knife. He has it in his hand. And I saw it, and as a parent, I jumped over there. I grabbed it out of his hand, and I was like, you shouldn't do what I do, okay? I go, no, 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 no! And then, you know, he kind of looked bewildered. I'm trying to tell him, and, you know, he can't understand. I go, oh, no, no. But I'll guarantee, I'm trying to explain to him. He didn't understand everything. In his mind, he's going like, what is this crazy guy saying? I mean, I'm thinking, he's thinking in his mind, you know what? You play with it. Mom plays with it. Everybody plays with it. I'm just doing what you want to do, and why don't you let me play with it? Huh? Why do you say no? Why can't I play with it? Because you will cut yourself. You will kill yourself. You will poke your eye out. No! Do you think he understood? I don't think so. I think around the same time or a week later, there was a birthday party and, you know, uh, we had like balloons everywhere, you know. And again, Isaiah, uh, you know, uh, comes and I see him and this guy had a weird thing where he was trying to chew the balloon. Your kids ever do that? They don't play with it. They're trying to bite the balloon. He's, like, he's trying to bite it. You know, I'm like, why are you trying to bite it? And again, he's trying to bite this balloon. I grabbed that balloon away from him. I did my amazing, you know, parental, uh, you know, ability. No, no, no. And then, uh, you know, I try to, you know, at least show him, you know, what could happen. You bite it, it blasts, pokes in your eye. I literally did that to him, okay? I'm showing him, it'll pop. It's going to burst. And, and, and my son's, like, looking at me. He doesn't really understand all full language. And I think he's thinking in his mind again. He's like, Dad is so cheap and unfair. Why does he take the balloon away from me? Why does he take the knife away from me? Why? Does he do this? He plays with it. He does what he wants with it. How come he says no to me? Because you will pop it and it will poke you in the eye. I know we're all grown up. And as grown ups, we hate hearing no's. But we are a child. If we're really honest, some stuff we ask, I know this is sensitive because some stuff we ask, you're like, no, that's not why I ask. I understand. But a lot of stuff we ask, Man, there's just a lot of things in there that we're not evaluating through. And God is saying, you know, I can try to show you eternity. I can try to show you five years from now. I can try to show you how this could make you grow, even though it's so painful. But I can't show you all that right now, because it's like an adult yelling at a son, trying to tell him, you can't play with a knife. Not right now. You can't use balloons like that. Not right now. And we're like, what's going on? And God says, you know what? No. No. You know how many no's you have said to me? Many no's. It takes me sometimes one year, five years, ten years to go, wow, that was the best answer I've ever heard. And then the third, you guys know this one, right? And we hate this one the most, and that's the wait. And he says wait. I mean, especially in our modern culture where, man, we want faster internet. You know, we want a faster route. I mean, we hate traffic. You know, I'll tell you right now, I don't mind traffic. You're like, are you crazy? Yeah, you know what? It's more prayer time for me. You get, I get stuck in traffic. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, just pray. Of course, if I have to get there on time, then I'm a little worried. But I, you know, I, I'm so directionally challenged that I always used to get lost. So getting lost, stuck in traffic, it's like, ooh, time for me to pray. You know, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys. You know, my wife is really good at like picking the line at the grocery store that goes fast. 
I'm like, whichever one I pick is the longest line. If there's only one person I get there, the other ones are 10, they're gone. I'm still waiting. You know, I'm still waiting. My wife has to find the parking spot right next to the door. I just park anywhere. I just walk because, you know, I just, I figure long lines and traffic is just, just pray, you know. And we hate waiting. But, you know, if you look in the Bible, waiting is one of the greatest spiritual tools for spiritual development and character. Wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. You know? When it doesn't happen, the timing that you want, and especially in our modern consumer mentality, we want it so much in our time, our way. In fact, it's wrong. It's not even an answer if it doesn't happen in my time, my watch, my way. But God says, no, I'm going to let you wait on this because I want to see what your heart is. I want to see where your heart is. I want to see what really is happening. Is that, a, is that a idol in your life? And you know, it's hard. It's hard to wait, especially when the Bible says, you know, a thousand years is like a day to God. You're like, Lord, how long should I wait? One day. But that's like a thousand years. How long? But when you wait on the Lord, and you hope on the Lord. Man, sometimes those are the biggest faith-producing, character-producing things in your life. In fact, that is one of the testing grounds of the growth of our faith. Imagine anybody, if they had instant success and everything was going well, you know what happens? Bam! When you hit failure, and you got to wait, and you know, just kind of treads through the swamp of waiting. I, I, I serve at you know, UPenn, supposed to be Ivy League, pretty decent school. I see so many kids who's been getting straight A's and they've been getting stuff the way they want. You know, my daughter is kind of like that. She's, you know, all through high school, she's like, you know, really, you know, doing well. She didn't have to worry. She goes into her college and bam, she hits B's and she's like freaking out. What's a B? That's what daddy used to get. Amen. All right. And then, of course, mommy always says, I never got to be. I go, stop it, stop it. You know, anyway. And, and they just freak out because they don't know how to wait and endure. God might be saying, wait, how long, Lord? Just a day. But Lord, it feels like a thousand years. Yeah, a thousand years like a day to me. And I'm like, yeah, I hate it, I hate it. But God is saying, bring your requests. If you really look at your prayer journal, Many of them already said yes to. There's some, I know you want that balloon, but it's a no. I know you want that knife, but you need to wait. Because later on, you'll know how to use that. But right now, you're going to cut yourself. You're going to cut other people. You need to wait until you figure this out. So in my life, every prayer has been amen in Jesus Christ. Amen? And if you really look in your life, same with you. It's just, we hate the other two. But that's part of the answer of God. And that's part of actually growing in our character. And so Jesus says, and do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, you know, with thanksgiving, because amen, you're going to answer it all, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the yes. Praise God. In fact, I would say when you get a yes, do a little more celebration. Talk about it. Write a journal about it. Because we forget the yeses so fast because we want the next high. Journal. Think about it. Praise God. 
You know, set up a, 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 what do you call it, one of those remembrance stones. Because we forget it. But God also says, thank, thank me because, hey, you know what? Some are going to be no, and it's the best answer you're ever going to get. Right? And some are going to be, wait, hang in there. It's coming. Not your will, not your time, but my will, my time, with thanksgiving. And then it says in this text that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will fill your heart and your mind. And to me, this is the most blessing of prayer. For me, nowadays, you know, answers are very important to me because it is. But man, I, I need to get to that peace. And, and how, do I, you know, in my, how do I get to the peace in my life? Well, a lot of times, you know, um, when I'm praying, especially doing ministry and you know, just life, I don't know about you, but maybe you're very strong, but to me, life is hard. You know, uh, and being a pastor, I'm a very blessed guy, really. I, I'm really blessed. I have an awesome wife, amen? I do, right? Amen? Just say it, okay? <laughs> uh, I love my kids like you love your kids, you know? I love my kids, and, you know, by grace of God, I have generally a pretty good relationship with my kids. You know, uh, I, you know by God, I think, you know, I always think God gave me these kids because he knew that I can't handle too much. And so, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I love my church. You know, God gave me a church that doesn't give me too much headache. They give me a little bit, and sometimes a lot, but not that much. And so, you know, I, but even when everything is fine in me, I'm one of those guys that look out into the world. I go, but that's not fine. Jesus needs to be there. That's not fine. Jesus needs to be there. But not just that. Man, sometimes it's just overwhelming. And I'm praying. I'm giving requests. Yes, no, wait, and all this stuff. But this is, this is how I find my peace. And this is so basic. And I always get here all the time. And in some ways, it takes me a while. You know, in fact, it actually takes me a while. But this is, this is how I find peace. And, and, and I'm praying. And in the middle of my prayer... I, I, I always end up, especially church issue, world issue, life issue. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I talk with Steve about this a lot. I'm like, this world is so confusing. To live out the biblical life in, in America, you need some discernment. You need the Bible. You need to be reading it, meditating on it, praying on it. Because I'm going to tell you, many of us in this room, including myself, we have way more worldly thoughts then we admit, you know. A lot of times when we hit a situation, we're not thinking what Jesus would do or what the Bible says or what a godly mentor. We're literally thinking like, this is old school. Like, what would Jack Bauer do? You know, or what, how do we make friends like friends? I never watched that show, okay. Or I don't know what your sitcom, or, or how would you do that in a Korean sitcom? I don't know, you know. You think, like, you kind of think that that's ridiculous as believers. We're supposed to not think like that. We're supposed to think like, what would the Bible say? All the time. Do you do that all the time? Mm. Let me look around here. Maybe not. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. So let me just come back, all right? And so what happens to me is... Uh, I get to this point where I go, Lord, there's this person with this marriage I was helping out. For about six months, man, they're going to have a breakthrough. This marriage was really tough. They had put a lot of junk into it. I was hoping that, I wish they came to me earlier, but it was way out of control. And we're unraveling it, going back. And I mean, there was like, it's one of those moments, like counseling moments, where you're like, mm, yeah, this is going to be a victory. I was feeling good about myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, Lord, you're going to use me. And it just broke, 
again. And it was like, I felt like next step would bring it to a good conclusion. And it, it just, just went back into a mess. And then they, feel, they felt shameful because they came to help. And then it was working. And then they broke it again. You know? And praise God, you know, I've been praying for them because they didn't come back you know, to me, but they continued in our church. And, but praise God, like other people in our church has helped them. And wow, they're doing way better. You know, way better. I don't even know why I'm sharing this one, okay? But what happened was with that, uh, oh man, I gotta finish. Uh, what happened with that was those situations, I'm praying, it breaks up, and I go, Lord, I go, God, I don't know what to do. You ever get stuck where you, I don't know? I don't know what to say. I don't know how to really pray. I mean, I can make like I know how to pray, I can give them, you know, visions that I feel, but you know, sometimes it feels like it just. <laughs> It drops, you know, it just don't go nowhere. I go, I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. And this is how I find my peace. But you do. I don't know, but you know. I am so out of control, but you are in control. I am so weak and sinful, but you are strong. And you are my father. Literally, almost every prayer I get to this point. I go, I don't know what to do, but you know. I don't know what to say, but you know. I'm out of control, but you're in control. I cannot, but you are able. And it's amazing, when I get to that point sooner or later, that's when peace comes. Because peace, right, is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of the Father, of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And I know that sounds so simple, but literally, that's where my prayer ends all the time. Like, God, I'm out. I, I don't know, but you know. I cannot, but you are able. Man, I would love for you to experience that again and again in your life. Right? Do not be anxious about anything. It's a, it's a bell saying, time for you to pray. And if you worry in prayer, keep praying, keep praying. And and. Don't take the thumb to your eyes. See God. And as you pray, give thanksgiving because God's going to answer you. It's a yes, it's a yes, it's a yes. No. It's a wait. But He's answering you. And in the midst of it, it's God saying, come on, give me a request, give me a petition because I want to know, I want to know. It's not like, you know, I, I don't want to give you. I, I'm a giving God. I want to know. But He says the peace will come when you see Jesus when you know that He is God and you are not. Now, to do this, I'm going to give you just two practical suggestions because I've got to end early here, okay? And that is, I try my best to pick a time and I pick a place that I'm going to spend time in God's Word and pray through God's Word, right? And you've you got to like kind of design it in your life or else you go through the whole day, a whole week, and the only time you really find Jesus is at church, you know, you got to pick a, if you're a morning person, pick it in the morning. If you're a night person like me, pick it at night. But you got to pick a time, a place, and you got to say, Lord, I'm going to study your scripture, and as I think about through it, I'm going to pray through it, and I'm going to go to you. The more consistently you have it, the more powerful. And of course, I'm talking about like a quiet time, personal devotion, but it's a little more than that. It's really having a relationship with the living God. Okay? It's not just walking around. You do that, right? Sometimes you're at home with your kids, you're home with your wife, but you're not really talking to them. 
They're there, but you really don't know what's going on. And there's those moments where, boom, you're like, hmm, that's what's happening? Okay. You know? And my time and my place has been different places, different uh, where. I'll give you some of you who live in the Chicago land. When I was in high school, and when I came back from college from U of I, one of the places I used to go all the time is Northwestern. Right? And, you know, my, my uh, son goes there now, so you know, I, I visited him, and I, I, I remember the place. And in Northwestern campus, there's, a, there's these rocks, and you can see the Chicago like land area. And I would go there, and you know, sometimes, it, usually at more at night, because I'm, I'm a night person, and I would drive there whenever I felt like that worry. You know, for me, it's like this squeezing feeling here that just, like, amen. All right? and, and I would drive to, from Skokie to, through Evanston to get to Northwestern, park my car somewhere. I would stand by those rocks, and I'd pray, Lord, God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to college, but I don't know what major. Lord, I am so lonely. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm a senior. You know, I'm like praying and do all this stuff. And I love praying in front of Lake Michigan because it's big, you know. I call it the saltless sea. All right? And so, like, you know, I'm praying in front of the saltless sea, and I, I'm praying, and it's so funny, because sometimes it's in the night, and I'm praying, Lord, God, oh, Lord, 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 I need to see you. And sometimes in spring, it would rain, like sprinkles, like, oh. I'd be like, oh, God is blessing me. <laughs> I'm very symbolic, oh, Lord. And, you know, other times the waves would be, like, hitting me, and I felt like it was God saying, amen, you know. And I'm like, but in the middle of that, in that place, I experience the Lord so many times. And when you create a place like that and a time, not all the time, but many times when you go there, it's like your heart like starts to open. You know, because you created a place and a time. You just, it's like open. I, I was, you know, there with my son and I went to it. It's like, whoa! I feel like, oh man, it's like, you know, you create a holy place and a time. You have to fight for those holy places in time because a lot of times I went to Northwest and I'm praying, you know, later at night and I, and I hear this giggling. I look and Northwestern kids are making out right there. <laughs> Boy, and I go, wait in Jesus' name, amen, you know. <laughs> Lord, I want to focus on you, you know. That was a great place in the time. When I was in seminary in, uh, uh, in Philadelphia area, in this area called the Hatfield, uh, I used to try, I always, like I said, I always try to create a place and a time. And I used to try to pray at, on my table. We had two bedrooms with four seminarians, right? And there's four guys, we were gross. Our bathroom looked like gas station bathroom, okay? It was just a disgusting place. But I tried to pray on my desk that I had. And, you know, when I pray, I'm, I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm on my knees. But a lot of times I just had my head down like this. And you know that I'm not sleeping because I'm wiggling my foot. But... And, I'm, and then, you know, you, you ever have those moments when you're praying as you read the Word of God and you're like, oh, yes, Lord, I love you, I love you. And I, I, generally for me, I like actually repeating, you know, uh, in meaning, not babbling. Lord, I love you, I trust you, I love you. I don't know, but you know. And I'm, I'm just, it's going into my heart with the Scripture. And then my roommate always would come by and smack me because he thought I was sleeping. I'd be like, Lord, I love you, I love you. Hear me, wake up, man. I go, I'm not sleeping, man. I'm praying. And he had this habit of always hitting me right at that moment where you're like, heaven's going to open up. You're like, Wake up, man. And in my mind, I'm like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? So by saying that, I'm saying, like, you can't pick a place where you know you're going to get disturbed. You know, you're going to pick a place and you know you're going like, to check your phone. 
phone's going to ring. No, no, you got to find, you got to, you got to kind of pray about this. You got to find a place where you're going to be isolated with you and God. So for me, actually, one of the best ways I love praying is actually um, walking. So what I would do is I would read the scripture, you know, and, and my guy would know I'm reading. I would take, you know, small Bible those days, and I would start walking out of my apartment, and my seminary was only like a block away. I would start praying, and, you know, back then, remember those Walkmen? Yeah, Walkmen. Put on my Walkman, turn my Keith Green on, and as I'm walking, you know, I'm walking across, and there's this cow path road, and sometimes it would hit me. And I remember one time as I was walking this walk, his presence came, and I just started weeping in the middle of the road. I don't know what happened. It's the song and the passage and my heart. I'm like, <sighs> I was like crying, and cars were going by me, and this Hatfield, like, you're the only Asian in this whole area, you know what I mean? They're like, what is that immigrant doing? You know, and they're going by. Like, <laughs> and I would go to this bench around my seminary, and at that bench, I would pray for my youth group, the youth group that drove me crazy. Remember, I already told you the story, and I would pray for them. I would, name by name, I'd be praying for them. Lord, God, break that guy in, in a good way. Lord, hurt him in a good way, right? <laughs> Lord, kill him in a good way, right? Like, those were the language we used to use. Lord, break him, kill him. What kind of language is that? You know, anyway, bless them, you know, uh, love them, grace on them nowadays. But back then, it was kill them, break them, hurt them in a good way, okay? And I'd be praying for all my youth group kids. Uh, and then from that bench, I would go to this uh, uh, stairs by my seminary. i pray for my family. You know, I, I've pretty much uh, been independent since, like, college. You know, uh, pray for my family. And then I would walk all the way to this uh, elementary school that was only about 10 minutes from that school, and I would get on the swing, and you can pray all forms, my friend. You know, sometimes I actually be on my knees at the bench and stuff like that, but I would swing on the swing, and I'd be, Lord, Lord, use me to conquer the world. <laughs> Lord, I want to conquer the world for Jesus' name, and... I'm one of those guys that love going really high and jumping off. I go, Lord, I want to conquer the world. I would land, and then I would go back and come. And that walk sometimes would only take 30 minutes. Because really, if you went fast, it would be 30. Sometimes it would take three hours. Sometimes it would rain. You ever pray in the rain? I mean, in the summer, not in the winter. And you're getting rained on, and you're praying. It, it's kind of weird. It's like, actually, if you're more like symbolic, it's really powerful. You're like, Lord, rain on me. <laughs> yes! God's blessing. You know, just sometimes it would snow. But that really kept me alive. Nowadays, there's a couple places in my house. Uh, I have this seat, like right underneath the stairs. And when I get on my knees there, usually really late at night after my wife sleeps and my kids sleep, when I late, uh, get on my knees there, that's when... I really start to pray. The other place is I walk, my house has a way you can keep walking around in circles between the living room and the dining room and the kitchen and stuff like that. I go around that thing many times, usually at night when everybody's sleeping, okay? Because I'm not, a, in the morning, I want to kill you. <laughs> at night, I love you very much, okay? And so I go around. When my kids were little, it was under beds. Oh, I used to pray a lot under beds, man. I used to get there. I would lay my hands on my kids and and sometimes, you know, it's kind of freaky. I know for some of you who don't pr- practice speaking in tongues, I'd be like, well, I, sh- 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 sh. I still remember one of my sons, Dad, what are you doing? I go, be quiet. You know. Oh, man, I used to love praying for them, like just, you know, lying on their bed when they were little and stuff like that. And, and then the other place I love praying is my neighborhood. I, I love walking and praying in my neighborhood. 
You know, there's this walk I did. It takes about 20 minutes. I walk and pray and, and really, you know, meditate on scripture. I walk this other way. It could take an hour. And I go around in my neighborhood and I pray for my neighborhood. I have this one neighbor that I, I've been praying for 15 years. For some reason, we don't get along that well. And so, Lord, God, help me to love them. And I pray for my neighborhood. I pray and, and think through it. And I don't know where you pray and where you seek the Lord. But I just want to suggest to you, if you create that kind of place for many of us, it can help a lot. Okay? It definitely should be at the church, but it could help a lot. Right? For me, it's kind of weird. Like, even when I come to a retreat like this, I'm thinking, like, where can I go and pray? You know? For me, it's like, oh, man, I probably would like to pray in front of the lake. You know? uh, and where, where can I seek this still? And when you seek him, I want to tell you, you will find him. Amen? Do not be anxious about anything. But with prayer, oh, see, I, I, I used to memorize this verse. Do not be anxious by anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He wants to hear you. He will answer you. Yes. No, wait. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, I know you answer me, but in the end, I'm out of control but you are in control. I am not able, but you are able. I don't know what to do with those kids, but you are able and you know. Lord, give me a place, give me a time, because I need to meet you every day. Amen? Let's pray. If you don't mind standing up, and uh, just let's uh, prepare our hearts as we go into the communion. And uh, I'm going to ask the band to come up, and I think the communion table will be set up. And we're going to just close in communion this morning. If you can just prepare your hearts. And um, if we can sing the song that I pretty much we are going to sing until we bury it into our heart. Lord, when I seek you, Lord, I will find you. When I take that walk, I will find you and I, and I will find that you love me. When I get on that swing, I will, I will be next to your heart. I will sit at your feet and hear your heartbeat. Lord, I want to seek you. You know, I don't know what this retreat did for you, but even if after this retreat, the only thing that you're going to do is, man, you know, I feel like seeking him just a little more. Maybe picking up the Bible, reading it five more minutes taking a walk where you don't bring your phone, you just walk with God. Finding a couch, and I can tell you many, many places, I have this rocking chair that we've had for like 15 years, this baby rocking chair. I love praying on that thing because it rocks. You create a place in your house where like when I go there, man, I'm going to meet God. And you're there five more minutes than normal. A traffic jam. No longer are you in road rage, but you're like, you know what? I'm turning on my music and I'm going to make this a holy traffic jam. You stand in a line and it's longer than you want it to. Instead of going crazy, I mean, especially if you have nowhere else to go or you have more time, say, you know what, Lord? I want to pray for these people at Costco. Lord, may these material not get to my heart. 
Pick a place. Pick a time. And seek the Lord in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, thanking God, because He knows and you know that He's going to answer. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding because He is God. You cannot but find peace if you are a child of God, forgiven by His blood, the blood of Jesus, the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. We are children of God. We can come to the Father. Come to the Father's throne room. Come into the bosom of the Father because of the broken body and the shed blood. And when you come to the Father's bosom, through the blood of Jesus, the peace of God will, tr- will come on you. Because He is able. He is greater. Because He knows. And He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. So uh, before we take communion, let's just ask the Lord. Lord, may I seek You and may I find You. Let's sing this song through. Just